0: And welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie.
1: I'm your neophyte, Frank.
0: Today, we're checking out Degrassi Next Generation Season 5, Episode 4, Foolin'.
1: Just, just foolin'. Nope. Just
0: foolin'. Honestly, this was a good song Good song title for the episode content.
1: Who sings the song from this Is one? it Aerosmith? I don't know. I
0: just like <laughs> the implications of the title, Foolin'. That's really my focus, because I cannot recall the lyrics off the top of my head.
1: Um, what do you want to recollect the, uh, content warnings? Boom, transitioned.
0: Wow, look at you. Uh, so quick content (laughs) warnings. We are going to be talking about teenage sexuality, we're going to be talking about ableism, we're going to be talking about teen pregnancy, and we're going to be talking about abortion. Uh, we have made it to this point, folks. Veterans know what we're talking about. And racism. And racism, yeah. I mean, racism is something we're going to be... Deep diving into the deeper deeper implications of, which we always love to do. We're also bright-eyed and bushy-tailed because we are doing another Saturday recording, with which is always very nice. Uh, no, excuse me, Fool Foolin' is deaf leopard. My bad. As if I listened to either of these bands. I, fun story about me, which I think sums me up as a person, um, was I was sitting around and I knew all the words to Cryin' by Aerosmith. And I was like, why do I know every single word to this song? And I realized the reason why, which was that Adam Lambert performed the song during his season of American Idol. And that is the only reason, and the only Aerosmith song that I know any words to.
1: Rick? Yeah, Rick Allen. Because I was trying to remember if Def, Def Leppard was the one with the drummer with one arm, and it is. Yes,
0: yes it is. Um, but yeah, so that, that was the only reason why I knew anything. Anyway... Well, let's go. Um, So, Frank, would you like to introduce our A-plot and our B-plot?
1: Alright, our A-plot is that um, JT and Liberty, who apparently apparently have been sexually active throughout the summer, um, turns out they have not been responsible and they have one on the way. Yep. Um, B-plot is Spinner is still ostracized. Rightfully so, in this podcaster's opinion. Mm. And Darcy decides to bring him into the Friendship Club, which is a Christian group.
0: (laughs) Right. So, I'm going to make the executive decision. We're going to start with the B-plot first. Fair enough. (laughs) you agree? Yeah. Alright.
1: Because the B-plot is basically nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I will say, what I do appreciate about this episode is that this is a very breezy episode, and Frank, I remember you were pointing out while we were watching it, because that's what we like to do now, because we are two buds.
1: Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> two bros watching Degrassi. <laughs> I don't know how to end this. <laughs> five feet apart
0: because <laughs> we're just bros. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but but um, Frank was pointing out that like you can really tell the budget has gone up over the course of... This season. Yeah. Like, notably so. They, they're, they're just... There's seeing... shots. Yeah, there's, like, shots. There's way <laughs> more people in the shots also, I feel like. I feel like, like, there are more sets now. Like, I feel like we had, like, three or four all consistently before.
1: Desgrossi feels like it's thriving, not, like, an empty wasteland like it was in, like, season one and two.
0: Right. Like, it really feels <laughs> like it's location. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it actually feels like it is a part of the Toronto area. Yeah. Like, I believe that there are humans who live there as opposed to before where it was kind of sparse in times and things like that. And, like, there's also a lot more, and I think this also happened earlier in the season. We're seeing the kids use public transportation more. We're seeing, like, that type of stuff. And I think that also is helping ground it. Like, we've had the kids in the past say, like, oh, I went on the train or things like that. But, like, I feel like it's being pushed more in this, mm-hmm. and I think that helps give it that more um, feeling that they are in a urban area. Yeah. Like, they're using public transportation, they are going out to certain areas, they are, like, it's just like their world is so much bigger now, which makes sense because some a lot of them are a little older now, but also makes sense because of the location that they're in. So I really appreciate this shift that is happening in this season.
1: <coughs> yeah.
0: So, we open up the B-plot with Quan, um, and Quan is complimenting Spinner and saying that, you know, maybe, just maybe, he'll be able to actually pass.
1: That'd be a fucking, you know, first time for everything.
0: Right, a fucking miracle. Um, and Darcy is sitting next to him. Now, Darcy is an interesting one. We've kind of seen her in Bibs and Bobs since her introduction, um, and this is where we see her a little more extensively, so, she...
1: Last time, I believe, we saw her was the vampire. Yes. For, or, yeah. So, after the shooting, when they were putting on Dracula.
0: Right. So, like, that's, like, the last time we've really seen her. We saw her be kind of antagonistic uh, with the, like, boy stuff. Yeah. With, like, Chester and all that. But, like, we really haven't seen her have very much, like, prominence yeah. Until this moment.
1: I mean, she got a name, and that was, like, and I think they were just, like, still figuring out if she's going to stick around. But I guess she has.
0: Yep. So they get to talking, um, and eventually it's, like, you know, Darcy uh, talking about how she wants to know how to pass the class and how she's struggling in it. Um, Spinner it makes really bad attempts at flirting. Um, and they eventually, uh, they eventually come to a conclusion of... Um, You know, like, kind of trying to get to know each other. Spinner's clearly into her, all that type of stuff. And then Darcy asks, hey, like, you're, you know, you're repeating the class. Like, what's up with that? And Spinner entirely does not take the question seriously. He claims that his dog had cancer, and he tries to make a joke out of it. um, And he's totally avoiding what we know as the audience, the truth is. Um, And it's, you know... or deflecting. Yeah,
1: but I mean, just like at this point, doesn't the whole school fucking know?
0: Right, like that's the thing it's like, Darcy was in school, and like I understand she's not gonna know She
1: kissed Rick!
0: Right, like she kissed Rick. That's literally how she's introduced, basically and um it's it's one of those things where it's a little odd and it seems to be just kind of out of convenience. It's contradiction out of convenience, I think, for the story where like I think they were trying to bet on the fact that, like, she was kind of an outsider to the group, so she's not going to know all the nuance of, like, the interpersonal stuff. Mm -hmm. But also, at the same time, news travels so fast in every single school, a kid getting suspended, everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, a school the size of Degrassi, forget it. Everyone will know. They may not know the full truth, but they will know that he- they were suspended. So, um,
1: well, he wasn't or expelled, suspended. excuse yeah. me,
0: expelled. Even suspension, people will know. But an ex- expulsion, people will definitely know. So, this part could have been a little bit more ambiguous. I guess they were kind of hedging, like, their bets on the fact that, like, she didn't have very much prominence yet. People were kind of willing to kind of believe that she's not super involved, so she's not going to know everything, but realistically speaking at a school like this, if a kid gets expelled, especially if a kid gets expelled and then comes back, everyone's fucking talking about that. Yeah. Everybody.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just remembering uh, Gary Oldman from Leon the Professional. Oh, who do you want? Everybody!
0: <laughs> no, but that's what it's like. It's like, the information may not always be accurate, there was a rumor going around that a kid was suspended at my school for two weeks, it was two days, my informants were wrong, <laughs> but still, you know, there's the, the, the story, what happened, blah blah blah, you get to the bottom of that pretty quickly.
1: Anyway. Yeah. So then um, we cut to Spinner still trying to get Jimmy back like as a friend. And it is not working.
0: No, Jimmy is very resistant. Um, and what I really appreciate about this is Jimmy points out, like, you know, just because the school let you back in doesn't mean that you've changed. Yeah. Like, it does not mean that you have actually atoned. You have actually reflected. You have actually taken any accountability for what has happened, Yeah. Um, which later on in the episode, we confirm, not really. No, he hasn't really taken much accountability at all for what happened. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I feel like Jimmy has always had this, I don't want to say a mean streak. I feel like that's not really fair to Jimmy, but he is always, if he's angry, you fucking know. Yeah. And that's actually something I really liked about Jimmy. Um, But it is also like, you know, my heart kind of aches because I, of course, sit there going like, is Jimmy being taken care of? We don't really know. We don't know if Jimmy's mental health is being really, truly addressed.
1: Yeah. I mean, the last episode that focused on him, it was bad. Right. Like, you know. He, right. He, he was just left to his own devices to figure shit out with, like, his this kid.
0: Right, exactly. Like, is he really getting the support that he needs? And And watching him carry this anger and this resentment... Um, while I don't think Spinner has really atoned, I don't think Spinner has truly reflected on the implications of his actions. I don't think, I really think that he thinks, like, he has done his time and is not really seeking accountability or forgiveness from anyone else but himself. Yeah. But also, it's like, oh man, Jimmy's sad. Yeah. He is upset. He is angry. And he has every right to be. But is this going to be addressed in a way that he deserves? Probably not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I
1: doubt it. Degrassi's therapy office should have like a line out the door. But That's so vague, just <laughs>
0: like. <laughs> but it's true.
1: So like you have to give me a like two hundred percent raise or I'm fucking walking. Do you know how much shit I had to deal with?
0: Right. Well, it's kind of true. So, Darcy,
1: I got I got in this business to help people, but there's a limit.
0: <laughs> it's true though.
1: So she just has a one one strike. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because why would they hire another school psychologist? Like, why would they do that? Yeah. It's only so they. But, um, so Darcy comes in toward the ending of that conversation, and Spinner admits that he got expelled, Um, but he kind of pulls the whole, like, he, he claims a lot of passivity in terms of his involvement.
1: Only in the most indirect way. Yes. Exact quote.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I've
1: more than paid for it.
0: Right. He, he dismisses Rick using the good old term psycho, which is beloved in this era of TV. Um, and, and you know, it's just kind of trying to sidestep his, his role in what had happened with the shooting. Um, and it's, I think a lot of the complication with this topic also loops into the complication of the whole approach of the school shooting and... All of that type of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is that in terms of the events of that day, Spinner had a role in it. Yeah. And that cannot be denied. Yeah. We can can talk about how Rick was still, like, a fucking horrible person, but Spinner can still be responsible for certain things. Yes. And... In this instance this isn't a case of Spinner being like, Yeah, I did bad shit, but like, you know, this person also did bad shit. He's just straight up trust saying, like, I was sitting on the edge while this was going down.
1: Yeah. It's like you don't it, it, it goes back to the same thing of just like I I, I saw this bullying anti bullying campaign where it's just like you don't know what these people are going through. Like it was just like why does not just be like Don't bully people. Right. Just in general. And, you know, because we want to say, like, if it wasn't for Spinner, like, Rick wouldn't have done this. But, like, no, like, I can't say for sure. No. No. Like, it definitely didn't help things.
0: It's really hard to talk about because it's one of those things where you don't want to say that Rick, you don't want to buy into the trope that, like, (sighs) you should be nice to people or they're going to bring a gun to school. But also, at the same time, you can't deny that the incident that happened, the whole entire, like, feathering prank, that definitely was what made Rick do it that day. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's, like, you're still not in the right even if... It's, like, this is gonna sound like a really weird example, but it's, like, a lot of the time, like, people trying, having to remind people, like, just because, like, a trans person is shitty doesn't mean, like, you have a right to misgender them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like those types of things where it's like, yeah, that person is shitty, but that doesn't mean that you have to be shitty back.
1: It, it's literally two wrongs and aren't making it right. Exactly. Like, Burke should not have reacted with violence, Spinner should not bully him, nobody is right in this situation.
0: Right, right. And, but yeah, exactly. And you can still take responsibility for the actions that you personally did wrong and I mean, also, it's, like, one of those things that's easy to get caught up in when you're a kid, when you're an adult, whenever you're, you're caught doing something wrong. It's really easy to get caught up in the semantics of it, right? It's really easy to get caught up in the fact of, like, yeah, well, like, they did that. Like, even as a grown-ass man, I'm, like, yeah, saying that type of shit. But, like,
1: yeah, the, you
0: have to catch yourself.
1: Yeah, eye for an eye and the whole makes the whole world blind.
0: Exactly. You have to catch yourself and go, like, well, no, I could still take accountability for what I did. You have to give yourself that second. And the thing is with Spinner is he's had a year. Yeah. And this this has not happened. He was punished. He was made to do an expulsion and everything. And this reflection is still not taking place.
1: Yeah. Um, because, like, even during the expulsion, he was allowed to come into the grounds to fucking work on the Kevin Smith movie. Right. Like, if I'm, if I'm Hasselakos, I'm just like, you're done here forever. Like, if I catch you on the grounds, I'm calling the cops. Right. Like, I can't, like, it's just, the, the, I'd be like, you, the kids aren't safe with you around. Like, mm-hmm. you done <laughs> fucked, like, even never minding what happened with Rick, like, you are unrepentant about your bullying. Yeah, that's a problem, right? So, Darcy, uh, in response to this, says, "Why don't you come to um, room two hundred eight after school um, and come hang out?" The, uh, honestly, like the fact that um, he goes to this just kind of showcases, I feel like how desperate Spinner is for friendship. Because, like, if somebody's just like, "Why don't you come to you know the quarry after school?" I am like. Am I going to get jumped? Right, Is, but that might just be a Jersey response.
0: Maybe, maybe. We always <laughs> have to remember we were looking at everything from that way.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like I, I don't know about you, but I grew up constantly hearing about like, yo, we this kid got jumped like such and such time, like after school, whatever.
0: We didn't have as much of that, but, like, even then, if, if some person I didn't know say, hey, meet me here, I would still ask, why? <laughs> but yeah. that also, I guess, once again, speaks to how desperate Spinner is. Oh my God. Spinner's like, oh, a cute girl told me to do this, sure.
1: 3 p.m., meet behind the Krausers.
0: Yeah, right? And he's like, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I never wanted to meet anyone behind the Krausers, so I was just nice to everyone.
0: But, yeah, like, <laughs> I think it also speaks to how out of... Uh, how little Spinner really knows of anything. But I don't mean that in like a, oh, fucking dumb. But I mean like, he has lived in quite the bubble. Yeah. And I think that it's truly catching up to him in situations like this.
1: I mean, Spinner is, I think we've said it before, Spinner is white male privilege. He is. Like the fact that he got back into school is fucking nonsense. Oh, I agree. So is Peter, but. Oh, that's. Um, so they arrive at, uh, he arrives at Friendship Club.
0: They're sitting in a circle, and he's like, what?
1: Which, honestly, sounds like a cult.
0: Right. And, like, the funniest part is, like, they're like, what is the rules of Friendship Club? And, like, she's like, uh, and then, like, one girl's like, the rule of Friendship Club is to always talk about Friendship Club. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and I is like, yeah, spread the word. And I'm like, H- hello? Um,
1: and Doris says, I guess I'll kick us off today. So she begins um the Lord's Prayer, I think. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed Yeah, doing like
0: an Our Father. An old, an old Our Father opening. Um and of course, for those of you who are not familiar with uh Christian traditions, uh the the Our Father, you 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 tend to uh, you know, hold hands a lot of the time. Spinner's super jazzed about this. Uh because he gets to hold Darcy's hand. I
1: thought at the end I'd go Super Saiyan.
0: No, that's fair. Um, But, so they do that. Um, Did you have any Christian organizations in your school? I don't think so. I think I had like a Bible guitar group.
1: (laughs) Sorry. It's very
0: of the time (laughs)
1: Bible guitar group? Yeah. So it was, like, Christian rock?
0: Yeah, I think it was something like that.
1: Fair enough. Like, I'm not yeah, g-
0: it's it's a very... I mean, it's a very contested topic, and it has been for years. Like, the presence of religion and in schools and things like that.
1: Like, the, I mean, the whole thing, just in general, with religion is, like... I fall on the thing, like, you know, I don't... As long as you don't start using it to, like, harass people, that's fine with me. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't... Because I I'm humanist. Like, I've been since I was a kid. Like, uh, about 20 or so. mm mm-hmm. um, Just organized religion was not for me. But it's just... But I don't know. But it does get kind of wonky when it's in schools for me.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, it's something that has been talked about a lot in different court cases. I actually knew... This is going to be very uh, specific. But I knew a kid who... Like, one of the bigger court cases, like, the bigger news stories relating to this actually took place in Jersey, in East Brunswick. Um, and I actually knew a kid who was uh, on the team, football team at the time, because they were doing, like, prayer circle-type stuff. And it, it was, like, a whole lot of controversy. It was very interesting kind of hearing it from a student perspective. But, yeah, it's 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 a topic that I feel like... As somebody who is not religious at all and has was raised Catholic and deeply traumatized by it. I don't know how much I can really speak on it in a way that
1: I mean is, yeah.
0: is fair for lack of better terms.
1: The the thing was I was I I did cross country and the coach made us pray before and after meets and I'm just like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, you know, if I was part of a Christian club, that'd be one thing, but this is this is cross country. Right. This is a sport. I don't really feel like calling God's attention to bless this sport. Like, I feel like they have other things on their mind.
0: Mm. Fair enough. But, yeah, it's a a time, this this topic. But, yeah, so we are getting into this era. I also feel like this is actually an... I also feel like we're skirting around this, but I feel like this was a topic that was very relevant during this time period. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. Because
0: I do remember that being a big discussion point. Not just in the news, but also at, like, school. Like, did these clubs have a presence?
1: I mean, Sissy and I did, um... When we did Twilight, um, for a Teen Girl Talk, we didn't actually talk about the movie. Because everybody's talked about the plot of Twilight. And, right. You know, the beats and whatnot. And, like, you don't really need to get... It. But, like, I feel like Twilight, and especially, you know, in that very recent post-9-11 world, religion became so much more prominent... Yes. Because people were shaken. And right. they started, like, falling back on it. And, like, trying to, inst- like, you know, their religious right started using it as a means to get into, you know, various places.
0: Right. And also as an oppressive force toward religions that are out not, that are just not Christianity.
1: Yeah. You know, like, I remember, you know... Constantly hearing Bush talking about uh, Islam being a religion of evil and all that jazz. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to just sit down and learn about this because I didn't know anything about it. Like, I think we had, like, one Muslim girl in my school. I mean, we might have had some some boys who are Muslim, but, you know, like, the hijab is a big indicator. Mm. So, like, I sat down and learned about it. I'm just laughing because, like, when I went to Rutgers, Newark, uh, my first year of college... They um the Rutgers Islamic Society set up like a booth to try and educate people and the whole thing was just like Um answer a correct question about Islam and you can get a piece of candy. And I had my lunch like a few hours ago and I was desperately hungry and I kept answering questions and then they're like, You need to go. I'm like, What? <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna run out of candy. You've answered everything correctly. <laughs> I'm like, fine.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: but yeah. This is yeah. It's just super relevant. God, I remember. Do you remember how there was a Bible group on Warp Tour? Like, cause like they used to do like Warp Tour like doc things on Fuse and stuff. And I, there was like a couple years there was just like a Bible group that they they like. Haley Williams was in it and a couple others.
1: I I didn't really follow Warp Tour that much.
0: Okay, cause I also
1: don't know who Haley Williams is.
0: Lead singer of
1: Oh, why did I think her name was different? Something else. I don't know. Uh, whatever. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, no, nah, it it was like, like I said, it's like a very relevant topic for this time period. I don't know how relevant it is today. I honestly have not. I've been in schools with clubs that are focused on ethnic groups. So, like, I've been in schools that have had like black student unions or um you know uh like oh, I guess no no like I don't really have any many that have had any religious mm-hmm. groups
1: and we're not trying to get down on religion no
0: no no I'm it's, just reflecting on yeah. contemporary stuff. It's not to say that I haven't been to schools where kids are religious. That definitely is a thing. And
1: being religious doesn't make you, like, a bad person.
0: No, no. I'm just reflecting on, um...
1: Reflecting on our time.
0: Right. Like, how, how... Compare, contrast. Now, obviously, there are probably definitely schools that do have clubs like this. Yeah. But I do remember this being a hot issue in, you know, back in the, back in the day. So, it's kind of interesting. I don't think it's a bad thing that, uh, that they're going to have to address this, because I feel like it's something that they needed to address during the time period. Yeah. It's interesting seeing it in
1: 2020. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, cool. Uh, so, the next day at lunch, Darcy's just like, you disappeared. And he's like, that was a Christian group.
0: (laughs) Right, right. He's like, and Darcy then does this thing where she tries to prove that just because she's, like, you know, being Christian doesn't mean she's not cool, basically. And she does, like, the whole, like, I like horror movies. I like music. I like fart jokes. I'm still Christian.
1: So she's just, like, and and Spinner shit talks laser tag. Yeah. Like, I feel weird as a 34-year-old playing laser tag, but it's still fucking fun. Donnie uh, and I played laser tag. Yeah, last year. we played the
0: shit out of it. And the funniest part of us playing it was that there were twelve year olds there, and like we were playing because it was like uh it was part of a friend of the show Cassie's uh, bachelorette party. But no, 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 no. We played laser tag because we were at friend of the show Cassie's like wedding reception type stuff Re- rehearsal or dinner rehearsal dinner That's was what after it's the called. rehearsal dinner after the rehearsal dinner We went to i play america we fucking played laser tag with a bunch of fucking children and it was so fucking funny yeah. like nothing is more humbling than like you thinking you're being sneaky as shit and then like you hear it go off and you turn around there's a fucking kid talking about fortnite nearby <laughs> like humbling
1: yeah um so uh like, Darcy's just like, I like fart jokes, I like horror movies, um, and watch Ultimate Fighting, which I didn't think was a thing back then. Apparently. But, um, Spoon is like, oh, like, are oh, you're allowed to drink coffee? Let's get a coffee at the dot. I get a discount. Right. He doesn't say that, but I'm just like, my it's dude. implied.
0: Just, but yeah, it's... He also has this mentality of, like, he doesn't realize that you can be Christian and do these things. Like, he genuinely doesn't seem to understand that concept.
1: Yeah. Um, let's just wrap this up. I mean, we're so close to the end of it. Yeah, we are. Okay. Um, like, Darcy meets him at the dot, um, and gives him a CD. Yep. Which, fucking, Spinner, you know, like, shit's happening. Um, which, uh, and also, Darcy has some pretty good taste in music. Green Day, Missy E, Yeah, okay, yeah.
0: It's good for the time period. Um, you know it works, and then like she's like, "Oh, here's a little bit about me. Tell me something about you." And Spinner reveals that he was in little little pageants,
1: Mister the L- L- little Mister Handsome contest. Little
0: Mister Handsome <laughs>
1: um, should be
0: my next display name on Twitter.
1: <laughs> and like he's just like apparently he did that through ages four through six. Yep, I, I did kind of think this was like, funny. Like, she's like, what happened after six? And Spinner's like, God, ugly, I guess.
0: Yeah, it, it, that was kind of funny, honestly.
1: And that's when Jimmy comes in. um, And he's just like, hey, watch out for Spinner, because he might get you shot. Yeah. Which. I am conflicted about. I mean, yeah. like.
0: Well, because it's. It's. It's towing a line. I'm literally changing my Twitter profile name to winner of Little Mr. Handsome. 26.
1: Fair
0: enough. But, um, my, my thing is it's a fine line, right? Where it's a fine line between. <laughs> That's a
1: fine line right there. It's
0: a fine line right there. Yes. Straight. It's very funny. Good. Good. Um, but I think that Jimmy is now entering a threshold between you have a right to be angry and harassment. Yeah. And and I think that's the thing where it's like Jimmy, I can I can validate Jimmy's anger, but I think going to a place that ultimately is the guy's place of work and making comments while the guy is not instigating anything with you and is connecting with a girl I think that is crossing a line. Yeah. Because it's also like are you actually trying to protect Darcy?
1: No.
0: No, he's just trying to make Spinner miserable. Yeah. If, if this was him going, like, I don't think Spinner has changed. I think Spinner could get you hurt. That conversation and that sentiment is delivered in a very different way than how Jimmy did it. Yeah. So, I, I think that's my gripe with it. Where I can validate how angry Jimmy is. I can validate that he does not believe that Spinner has repented. I can validate the fact that he does not want Spinner in the school... I can't validate that he went to the dot with the intention of harassing Spinner.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, he... Jimmy doesn't owe Spinner forgiveness. Right. But, like, if if that's the case, just be indifferent towards him.
0: Yeah, because it's also, like, it's also one of those things where, um, and maybe this is um something that i have just been working a lot on in therapy so it's on my um on my mind a lot but kind of like the idea of there hits a point that you you like you're just starting shit just to start shit yeah and and that's like the genuine issue here like you there comes a point where you're not helping literally anybody by by goading This type of situation or like there hits a point where it just, you, you start talking like, you know, yeah, you want to vent about how, how a person hurt you and things like that. But then after a while you're just kind of wallowing in it Yeah. and Jimmy is kind of getting into that wallowing phase of sorts.
1: Yeah. I mean, like we're also talking from a position that we don't know what Jimmy's going through.
0: No, but it is still harassment. I would say that, that is when it becomes toxic. Yeah. And that is when you need to, at the, you can, once again, he can still carry that anger, and he can carry that anger for fucking ever, and he can never forgive Spinner, and I would support him on it. He still can't do this.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, we're not, we're not so, I I feel like we're both coming from an area, like, we're not so much concerned about Mm -hmm. Spinner's feelings, we just want Jimmy to be okay. Right. Like, we want Jimmy, like, because, like, this isn't going to be healthy for Jimmy, right to keep like to to keep doing these things and keep lashing out like this so like we just want jimmy to not like take his own path to acceptance of what's going on or like being okay and it's just like this is not a healthy way to deal with it
0: exactly
1: all right um so just to close it out uh the next day spinner sitting outside darcy shows up asking why he didn't tell the truth Spinner says, like, I fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to broadcast this. Um, and, um.
0: Darcy's like, you have to forgive yourself. That type of
1: shit. I feel like Spinner already has. I feel That's like, the problem. Yeah.
0: I think, I think it's a really hard, but I also feel like it's, I don't expect a teenager to be able to say this, but ultimately I think the problem is, is Spinner needs to take accountability. Yeah. You can forgive yourself all you want, but if you don't own up for the parts that you fucked up in, there's no conversation. Yeah. There's no progress. Like, you can still say, I did shitty things that day. I instigated. I, like, you know, like, I was the one, like, you know, I co-signed putting the blame on Jimmy. And then, like, because that's the other thing. It's like, take take Rick and what Spinner had done to Rick out of the conversation. He and Jay totally were just like, yeah, yeah, Jimmy's responsible. Yeah. And dumped the responsibility on Jimmy and made Jimmy a target. Yeah. That, regardless of everything, is really fucking terrible. Yeah. And Spinner is not taking any accountability at all for any of that. And that piece especially. Like, that's the part that that really fucking, you know, fucked Jimmy over.
1: Yeah.
0: It's... And that's the problem. It's like, yeah, okay, I guess it's true. There is something to be said about how, like, you do have to forgive yourself for for certain mistakes that you've made, and if you hang on to them forever. Like, I don't know. I'm very tentative on this mentality, because I think ultimately everything kind of comes down to you need to take accountability for what you do. You need to work on that shit, and that is the only way to truly forgive yourself. Yes. But that's my hot, spicy take on this. Yeah,
1: I mean, in this moment, he does say, like, I basically cut the guy's legs off. But it's just, like, is that it, that's not enough. No. Like, you need to... That's
0: still feeling bad. That's yeah. not taking accountability.
1: You need to, like, look at it of just, like, this was a betrayal of, like, everyone. Like, Spinner did what he did to protect himself. And then also, like, not only protect himself, but to hurt Jimmy. Like, even, because even if Rick, even if Rick hadn't had a gun and just went after, like, Jimmy with his bare hands and just, like, hit him once, that's still, like, you turn Jimmy into a target. Right. Of, you, of, and even, once again, and even if, like, Rick just went to, like, you know, the principal and said, like, I heard two people talking and saying, like, Jimmy was the instant guy, Jimmy probably got in the spell for that.
0: Yeah, potentially.
1: Yeah, and, like, you just ruined your best friend's life for, because, and, like, let's also not forget, like, J- Spinner has never been a good friend to Jimmy. No. Like, he, he, like, I mean, Jimmy was never, not, I'm just, i never the riddle. I,
0: no, no, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a friend, it's a very, their friendship, take this out of it, their friendship is a very typical middle school, high school relationship in the sense of. They are the person that you're in proximity to. You have enough in common. When you go to college, you'll probably realize they're a piece of shit to you, and they treated you like garbage. But in the moment, they are, you're desperate for a connection, and it makes the most sense, and you've known each other for so long. They're not good friends for each other. They are incredibly toxic for each other. Yeah. However, that still doesn't, you know, mean that you should... It's open season on each other. Yeah. Like... That that's it. It's Jimmy was in the wrong for harassing him at the dot and Spinner was Spinners wrong. in the wrong for the refusing things. for refusing to own up to, to his role in what happened. Yeah. And especially like, you know, it's one of those things where you are presented this opportunity of a new person who potentially will, you know, know some stuff about you. This is your chance to just push forward. And the best way to do that is say, yeah, I fucked up. This is, these are the steps I'm taking. It Like, you know, it's not your burden to have to carry, but I'd love to have you around.
1: Yeah. But um, that's a
0: really hard concept for a teenager to understand. And I think that's also a concept that everyone is still struggling with, especially, even in like reaction to the Me Too movement and stuff, how many people just don't just take accountability for their actions.
1: Yeah. So, um, just so we don't have to end those people on a bummer, what do you think was on Spinner? Spinner gives Darcy a CD. What do you think was on Spinner's CD?
0: Rancid. Wow,
1: that was fast.
0: I've thought a lot about this.
1: I was just gonna say the same Chalk Jam song over and over again.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really
1: good.
0: <laughs> I have a reason behind it, which is that, um, in his locker, I don't know if it's been revealed in this yet or if it's later on, um, but he has, like, an epitaph. Sticker in his locker Um so I thought Long and hard and I determined that He definitely listens to Rancid Fair And enough. I'm just imagining him Like trying to sing it and it's like agony <laughs> I,
1: I don't I didn't listen to A lot of Rancid Um okay so that's the B plot let's close that out Um A plot Um JT and Liberty are driving And JT's like, like In the words of Paul McCartney Baby you can drive my car
0: and Liberty's like, I don't even have a permit yet, <laughs> which God bless her. Um, And then, like, you know, she she's, she's a little herky-jerky, but he lets her drive the car, and she's pretty happy. With, like, you know, she's pretty proud of herself. She's like, wow, I'm driving. This is great. I mean, she's going, hut, 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 but
1: and still. She, and she's also driving stick, which I have to give her a lot of credit for.
0: Right, right.
1: Because that's not something I know how to do.
0: Right, exactly. Like, I don't know how to do that either. But, like, she's doing it. She's making it work. Um, And as it's happening, um, you have her kind of pull over. She's like, oh, cool. And JT is like, hey, I know how we can celebrate. And whips out, like, a whole fucking sleeve of condoms. And that's when I realize a tiger never does change its stripes.
1: I mean, he's still a boy.
0: Boys are boys forever.
1: Ugh. Ugh. Excuse me, I just I just vomited in my mouth a little bit. What I just say, considering that um, I knew just say boys will be boys. So yeah. let me see him in my room. Let me have a press quick preference conference. Um, my name is Frank. I'd like to apologize. For what I just said, um, please respect my family's privacy at this time. I'm no longer a public person. <laughs> That's a little holdover <laughs> from Teen Girl Talk. If you ever listen to that, <laughs> fuck.
0: Well, he's still a shithead boy. Yes, he he never did never did change, did he? But um, she's like super uh, like she is really apprehensive about it. He brings up that she's been an iceberg since the school year started, um, and that they were clearly, like, having a good time all summer, and what the fuck is going on now? Um, and she says that, like, and she just gets really frustrated about how he doesn't take anything seriously. Um, and that's when you know bad things are happening. Yeah. So, whatever it takes, we're at the school, um jt and liberty enter the office as toby is like setting up for morning announcement stuff toby makes a snide remark about jt being liberty's servant which i don't love um and jt says that he wants to try out to do the morning announcements and he talks about how much he loves performing which i mean i think you know i get it i get it because we were trying to set up that he was like a theater kid and everything last season so makes sense um and then Liberty is like, you know, that's not a good career path. Um, you really shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Like, how are you going to make any money? How are you going to have any real career with that? And Toby's just like, uh, and JT just looks at Toby and is like, uh, I'm going to try out tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Like, they're clearly on the outs.
0: Yeah. It's also like one of those things where it's like, it's the morning announcements. Yeah. That, that's a resume builder. Like, you can definitely put that on your college admissions and people will be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you're not gonna, like, you know, you're gonna be okay if you, if you do the morning announcements. Like, it's not like, I think they, if they really wanted to kind of emphasize this piece, I feel like it would have been maybe a better idea if he was saying that he was looking into acting schools or, like, you know, conservatories or things like that. Like, I think something like that. They're also old enough that they could start looking at schools like that. Yeah. I feel like that could have set up This a little more But like to me I was like just doing morning announcements Because he likes hearing himself talk Like I don't know Yeah But
1: Um You know Okay so we cut to the boys locker room And As a The the resident says "Head dude (laughs) If people were having these conversations in high school I was not part of them (laughs) I never talked to anybody About what was going on In their sex lives And like Nobody ever tried to talk to me about it so, yeah, because JT's like, hey, Toby, you want to hang out? And Toby's like, don't you got to rub Liberty's feet? And fuck you, Toby. Right, <laughs> um, right. And, like, JT's just like, yeah, I've been having sex all summer, yeah. Right. And Toby's just like, wow, this is far too much information for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's always so hard to kind of gauge... That type of stuff. It, it really depends on the kid. Really. Because, like, I feel like there are kids who were, like, having sex and wanted everyone to know it. And there were kids that didn't. But it also depended on your friend group, right? But I do kind of like this because I feel like um, you can really see the divide between him and Toby in this sense. Yeah, because now
1: he feels like Toby is beneath him.
0: Right. Like, he feels that he has some sort of social currency now that Toby does not have access to. Yeah. And it, it's... I feel like that actually is pretty real, unfortunately. Especially with this the, this friendship where they have been at this, like, impasse of sorts for the past while. Not just with the Rick stuff, but also just in general in the sense of, like, JT was making friends with older kids. JT was making friends with more popular kids. And Toby never really had a chance. And Toby was dismissed so much. Yeah. And... Were they even friends? They didn't really know the answer to that for a while.
1: Yeah. Um, so and then we cut to the media immersion room. hmm And this is, once again, this is this new Snake that both Donnie and I really like. Yeah. Which is just Snake being a corny-ass dad.
0: Yeah, he was, like, coming in, he was, like, just, like, you know, just, like, doing, like, the corny, like, he shoots, she, like, she shoots, she scores.
1: Um, because Liberty's dance committee budget is under budget and on time.
0: Right? Like, he's just super pumped. Um, which was kind of uh, cute. You
1: couldn't just imagine, like, the, the school board and, like, the teachers just being like, and Liberty Van Zandt, your new school president. Oh, they're just going,
0: yes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no <laughs> offense, Marco, but thank God.
1: Um, because I'm sure, like, Mar- Marco just filled them with so, like, he probably had something on time. He's like, I'm not sure if this is correct. They're just like, I just can't. I just want to go home, please. Yeah,
0: he probably was very apprehensive and always over budget.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, JT's just like, oh, I can see what's got you down, Simpsonitis.
0: She says, like, she has a headache, um, and he tries to, like, get her to go on to a movie night type thing with with their pals.
1: Sorry, real quick interjection. Do you think the headache thing is about, like, you know, that stupid conversation that people have, like, oh, I have a headache tonight, so no sex kind of thing? Do you think it's, it's in reference to that? I
0: don't think so. Oh. You can believe it I I didn't feel that I felt that she legitimately Had a headache
1: Yeah I mean that could also be it But I'm just also thinking about Like yo Just If you you like Whatever Sex is very
0: odd In this episode No it just But sex is always odd Whenever teenagers are involved And I always feel weird Whenever we have topics like this But Good thing we're doing a show About a teen drama Great
1: yeah
0: wonderful.
1: And we're only five seasons into 14
0: <laughs> uh, yeah
1: and some of these <laughs> seasons apparently have 41 episodes or something.
0: Oh yeah I'll explain why when we get to those.
1: I think you've already explained that like yeah. they suddenly just start like having a number of episodes per season of the year.
0: Yeah, like they're very much like in time with what is happening. It's like it's like they, they do like short runs that are like focused on a semester and stuff like that.
1: Was Okay, we'll uh, get there. So at the movie theater, yes. JT, tr- like, we see Paige helping a customer, and she has a smile on her face. And the minute the customer takes their refreshment and walks away, Paige just frowns deeply.
0: We <laughs> rewatched this like three times. It brought us so much joy. It is joy. the
1: realest shit I've seen on this show. It
0: was so joyful for us. Like we, we just started like laugh screaming. It was so good. If
1: you worked retail, you know what we're about. Um. And, uh, JT, like, Paige is, like, 20. There's 20 fucking movie theaters in this city. And, like, everybody comes, everybody from Degrassi comes to this one. Paige, I feel you on that because I worked at a pharmacy in high school. Everybody came to my fucking pharmacy. No! <laughs> to ask me to, like, this one kid once asked me to, like, take, um, a bottle of, like, calcium supplements down to, like, a dollar from 25 because they were, like, weight gain supplements. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I need the manager to do that. I was like, come on, man, be a friend. I'm like, we're not friends.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> i
1: like, I don't like you.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Yeah, so JT and Liberty <laughs> are ordering as Toby, Emma, and Manny arrive. And then JT and Toby go to the side. And JT,
1: talks. <laughs> well, Liberty is just like. Too bad, you assholes. My boyfriend's got a car.
0: Right. Like, she's, like, goading about that. And as that is happening, um, JT is talking in car metaphors about having sex with Liberty. To Toby. And I fucking was in agony.
1: JT, uh, sorry, this is just a quick preview of the ratings. You're definitely going some points for this. But, but Liberty... Like, Toby says, I think purposefully, loudly, I don't want to hear about your sex life.
0: But that's also, like, a real thing, right? Like, I feel like, especially in high school, you got kids who are sexually active, but you also have kids who want nothing to do with it. Yeah. And it's, like, a, a real issue with their... Well, I think this friendship is touching upon a real issue when you have two kids at two different developmental milestones. How stressful and how like because like with me when i was that age i wanted nothing to do with that i like read fanfic that was sexually explicit but like i did not want to hear anything about like humans having sex like that really freaked me out because i was small and also trans and i feel like that also does a number on your perception of sexuality for a bit if you're super dysphoric and it was just like i don't want to know or hear about this like i don't want to know and then also it's like I would run into this thing where it's like, I don't want to know about anyone having sex because I got to look at them. And then, like, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Like, as a kid, this is like kid logic, which I feel like it's very classic kid logic. of Like, I don't want to know people are having sex because then I have to look at them and then remember that they've had sex. And I appreciate that Toby was like, what the fuck? It's a journey. And I kind of like that we see Toby and JT at two different points in that journey. Yeah. Um, It's unfortunate because... Toby is then made uncomfortable, but I also feel like that's unfortunately a very real reality for a lot of kids at that age, especially if one of your friends is sexually active.
1: You know, I, I, like, yeah, I mean, I still, i thinking back to the episode where Jimmy and Ashley, for the first time, are thinking about having sex, Mm -hmm. and just, like, I really wish there was just more episodes out there like that, where both of them, like, like, you know, where it's just like, hey, like, dudes, if you're not ready for this, that's completely cool. Yeah, You know, like, it's like, I'm so, like, I'm just so sick of, like, everybody being like, well, if you're a dude, you gotta be ready for sex. So I'm just like, why? I'm not ready for this shit.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting topic, and when I say it, I don't, it's always, like, a really tough thing, I know, especially on the internet, talking about teenage sexuality and things. It's an interesting topic, as long as you're not trying to, like, titillate in the process mm-hmm. it's an interesting topic to kind of reflect on think about because i think that each kid has a different relationship with it and it's something that unfortunately we usually bring a lot of baggage to yeah and a lot of that when you're young you don't quite know how to make sense of and you usually box it as a good thing or a bad thing yeah very rarely in between and it's it's something that also has a lot of cultural aspects to it. Um, if you are cis, if you're trans, if you're, you know, is it what depending on what your sexuality is, you're going to have, like, a different relationship with it. And it's just something that I feel like there is some way that it looks at it. I think that a lot of TV doesn't quite give it the nuance yeah. that it deserves, but it is something that is interesting to consider when you're working with, or uh, like, a teenage cast like this, how each and every kid is going to have a different viewpoint.
1: Yeah. Um, so, um, this is probably my favorite part of it. Yep. Um, uh, Paige makes a joke. Go, well, everybody kind of just turns towards JT and Toby, and JT tries to, like, play it off like, oh, good, good job working, Paige. And, um, Liberty grabs the jumbo soda.
0: Root beer. I'm so sad.
1: Pulls, like, JT's, by, like, pulls JT by the pants and then just jumps it into his, onto his crotch. Yeah, <laughs> Saying, maybe this will teach you to keep private matters private. Yep. Um, and Paige is just I mean like you gotta pay for that still Paige is like
0: so excited Paige is like I can't wait to get to Texas To everybody I fucking know
1: she, She's just like oh man Alex Like,
0: Yo Alex You <laughs> shouldn't have given up the shift
1: <laughs> Alex comes back from break And Paige is just like bouncing up and down Right <laughs> You can't expect You will not know Like I can't wait to tell you what happened <laughs>
0: I was like, okay, and then like gets the scoop,
1: and it's just like oh. she's like, I want have body slammed him if I was here, right?
0: Right. Um,
1: so, so uh, Liberty is walking uh, in the next day to school. JT pulls up beside her, like, please get in my car. Um, I apologize. Um, and Liberty points out that JT is still immature, right? Like, he's still a child. Um. And, um, JT says, respect me, Liberty, which, uh, JT, respect is given, never asked for. Right. Um, respect is earned, never given. Yes, yes, um, that's true. Sorry. And then Liberty says, oh, yes, remember when we used the king size condom last summer? By the way, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And this causes JT to crash into a bus stop. Uh, yes, <laughs> which I I normally give him shit for a lot of things. If I was given this while driving, not so sure I'd be able to just, like control my car either.
0: I'm also like very intrigued by the the king condom piece of it. Not in like a gross way, but like I w- the the way that she talks about it is very accusatory toward him.
1: It's just, like...
0: <laughs> uh, it's just... I don't know. Like, uh, it's very...
1: The, the, this feels like such a flimsy excuse to me.
0: Right. But, like, it, you could just have it that... It it just fucking happens. It, it's not 100% perfect.
1: Yeah, it it just... Like, the the condom broke. Like, I... I yeah, here's the thing. I think they wanted to... Um, they wanted to,
0: they wanted to belittle JT, it feels like.
1: Yes, but.
0: It's like, it makes him sound immature.
1: Yeah, but, like, I feel like, for once, they're like, we can't just have it that Liberty was okay with not using protection, because I know, like, Liberty Van Zandt, like, when, I'm assuming when she comes at sex, she comes at it correct. Right. Like, fully knowledgeable, like, of all this stuff. Right. This is also confusing because the Plan B pill does exist at this time.
0: I mean, but that's still an endeavor to get a hold of and it's expensive. Yeah. So my thing is it it's a very interesting It I don't know if interesting is really the word, but it's like curious how this is how they frame it because it makes it sound like it kind of goes back to you know what why why it's like pinging something for me because it goes back to the penis pump
1: yeah and
0: how we unfortunately canonically know craig has a humongous dick and how jt felt so insufficient because of it and you have now the reason the potential reason for why uh their protection failed was because jt felt the need to use a condom that wasn't the right fit. And it's just, like, this really odd dig at him that doesn't really feel like it's warranted, unless it is that he, and maybe this is just implied, but maybe he was being a bit, like, cavalier about it and was like, whatever, look, oh, we got a big condom on, whatever. It'll be fine. But she doesn't quite give that indicator. Yeah. Just the reason behind it. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, okay, that's true. Like, you should wear a condom that fits you. But also at the same time, I feel like at the end of the day, like, just sometimes things happen. Or, you know, maybe it was expired and kind of like, you know, or what, whatever. It just feels like a strange detail to fixate on, especially given JT's history with his his body, his relationship with his body. Yeah.
1: It's just there's there's I don't know, yeah, not, it's just like such a weird weird reason for this to have happened.
0: Right. It's 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 not impossible. I'm sure it happens. I know it happens. But also it's something that already is not one hundred percent effective and that you can still have that conversation without it sounding... You can even... You could just be real. Like, you don't have to be super preachy about it, but be like, yeah, guess what? It's not 100% effective. You know, you you gotta confront it if it happens. Sometimes it, that's just how it goes.
1: Yeah.
0: And and that's all there is to it. Yeah. Or, or you were not 100% careful. But once again, I understand because then they would have had to really address sexuality in a more explicit way that I know Degrassi does not really do. But... It's just like, yeah, it's just very odd, because I don't really know what they're trying to insinuate with it, with that detail.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, unless it is just he doesn't take things seriously enough, and now they're in this situation. Yeah. Which, I think at that point, they could have driven that point a little more home.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so Miss Haslacos comes running out. Mm-hmm. Um, and...
0: Literally blames a dog. Yeah. So, trying to cover for herself and JT.
1: Yeah. Miss Hasselhoff goes, once again, handling disasters pretty well. I
0: think she's just an expert at this point. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, she's like, accidents happen. Why don't you go talk to the... Why don't you go inside? I'll talk to the cops. I'm just glad you're okay. I'm just like, god damn, Ms. I wish you were my principal. I wish your stupid son was gone. Um, right. <laughs> Um, I
0: wish it was open sport on your son, however.
1: <laughs> I wish we could on your son for sport.
0: <laughs> so we end up in the media lab. The police are out, just out the window. JT and Liberty enter. And then we are... Fucking losing it on the couch because they decide to have a conversation in about class. this in class. You couldn't <laughs> fucking like go to like just cut class for a little bit, figure out what the fuck is going on. No, no, we're going right to media immersion to talk about this. Um, and it's just, uh, uh like, so she says she's been pregnant for three months. Yeah, um. <sighs> And she, she's like, you know, I know she hasn't taken a test, but she's pretty aware. Um, She doesn't want to be pregnant, Um, but like, you know, she is. And that, like. She
1: she doesn't want to think about an abortion.
0: Right. She doesn't want to think about an abortion, Um, which is fair. That's, that's fair. But it's, I think the thing is with this is that I feel like this, this plot gets a little weird in the sense of like. I understand that there's tension, and I understand that they're having issues together, and I understand that, but it's also, like, a little hard for me to follow all of it, but I understand that nobody's really acting in a way that they are, like, 100%, oh, like, aware of what they're saying, but it's just, like, he's, like, how, you know, he's, he's, he's not running away. Yeah. But she's doing, like, the... But she also... Which, I mean, maybe she is just kind of going through it, where she's, like, trying to make him feel remorse for what happened, but also he didn't know until just right now what happened, and she was trying to, like, push that guilt on him without him knowing. And now she's like, well, if, like, you know, you go get the pregnancy test. The,
1: this whole thing, like, I, there's something... I, I just kind of realized what isn't sitting well right with me with this but, is that like Liberty has always been such a logical person mm-hmm. and this just feels so illogical of her not telling JT immediately and not and like then just like punishing him for something he doesn't know what's going on
0: well here's the thing and this is where I wonder if maybe this episode should have just been from Liberty's point of view In the sense that at the end of the episode, she reveals how she doesn't know what to do when she loses control. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the piece that we can't see in JT's point of view. And I think that is where we're getting confused as a viewer. Because I think ultimately the big discussion piece here is that you're right. She's not acting logically like we are used to her. But she's also being presented a curveball that she doesn't know how to deal with. Yes. And because of that, she's just all emotion, all reactive, and is just kind of doing things that she does not necessarily do under most circumstances. And I think it would have been more helpful if we saw this from her point of view. Yeah. Because then we could see her feeling this lack of control, feeling that she's not really heard. But when we see it from JT's point of view, she just kind of comes off like a jerk. Yeah. And that is not. I mean, if you really think about it, you go, okay, I understand why she's reacting this way, but it's also like one of those things where it's like, it—it's just putting the point of view in JT's position and then having her act in this way is not fair to her. Yeah. As a character.
1: Yeah, because this is list should be Liberty's story.
0: It should be. Yeah. It should be.
1: But, but before we can do, I want to say that that was an excellent point. Thank you. So. I have
0: my moments. But yeah, like that's the, but, thank you. But like that's the piece I feel like I've been trying to make sense of since we've seen the episode, since we've been talking about the episode. It's just kinda like there's a disconnect happening, and I think that disconnect is that.
1: Yeah. Um, so um, like Liberty's like, Oh, there's a lot of signs, one going to urination and she goes to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, we cut to JT. This is a really good shot. I
0: love this shot.
1: JT in the pharmacy, and he looks up, and he's under the family planning sign.
0: It was so good, honestly. That was a really, really, really good shot. Um, and of course, as he's there, there's babies. Um, he's, like, looking at pregnancy tests. He looks up, he sees a baby, he drops one of the tests, he has to pick it up, he has to go to the counter, the... The person at the counter knows exactly what's going on And gives him a face Like It's a it's a good little moment
1: Um We cut to Liberty's house Danny's like oh she's in the bathroom again Get comfortable this happens a lot Right Um and JT's like you're an ignorant little puke You know nothing about Liberty okay So just take my advice and get out Danny's like Man you have issues <laughs> just Right away.
0: But once again, I feel like this is where it falls apart when it's not from Liberty's perspective. Because we aren't- we're seeing JT be an asshole with sexuality stuff, but in terms of actually trying to be there for Liberty, like, he doesn't refuse to go get the test. She says, go get it, and he's like, okay. Like, I mean, he's scared because he's a kid and he's just found this out, but ultimately, he's not- being horrible in terms of, like, the actual, like, information piece of it and the actual support piece of it. Yeah. He, he genuinely wants to be there for her. He's defending her from Danny being a fucking, like, you know, little brother.
1: He's not being Craig.
0: He's not being Craig. Exactly. <laughs> he's not being Craig. He's actually l- trying to approach this in a slightly more objective way than I would expect JT to be able to do. Um, he's just, you know, he's just like, okay, I'm just going to go follow your lead. Yeah. And what you need me to do, I'll do. Yeah. Like it's it's he's not and but once again, because we don't see it from Liberty's side, we don't really get a good read on Liberty kind of being like okay, like he's doing what he should be doing, but that still doesn't mean it's enough and it still doesn't mean that I am like not angry and things like that. Yeah. We just don't, we're missing that piece, and then she comes off a certain way, and I don't like that. And I also don't like that because we've seen Liberty be come off as, like, controlling and shit like that before. If you remember the episode where she coached the, uh, the, what was it, hockey team? Yeah. Like, we've seen her...
1: I forgot about the cape.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but we've seen her, to in different ways, like, try to control and be seen as controlling. And... It's, it's very frustrating when we see that come up again. Yeah. So, but yeah. So she comes out of the bathroom. She reveals that she has a positive pregnancy test. Um, and uh, then we are in the office. JT and Liberty are coming in. It's They're super somber about it. JT is getting ready to audition. Um, and as he auditions for the morning announcements, he flubs up in a way that he says, knocked up. Instead of knocked off,
1: I just realized he, he it starts even before that because like Toby says, "You okay enough to do this?" JT, yeah, it's mine.
0: <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that too. And then he also says, like he he says, "Birth." I forget exactly what the context is.
1: Um, uh, knocked off rival Carson Hill and are now guaranteed a birth, um, a birth, and I'm gonna be sick and runs out.
0: Yep. So he runs into the hall. And Liberty approaches JT, makes a comment about how Heather Sinclair has the job.
1: Who, I didn't really realize what Toby was saying, that apparently she had a booger hanging under mm-hmm. her nose, which, how good was that audition if she was able to succeed with that?
0: Right. We'll never good, know. shit was
1: everybody else's? <laughs> right.
0: We'll never know. Um, and Liberty says, like, you know, kind of reiterates that the entertainment industry is not a good place for him. Which, once again, it's like, once again, we don't see this from her perspective. Now we can kind of assume that she's referring to the fact of like, she's thinking very long-term. Yeah. But once again, it's it's a hard thing to sell to me, because...
1: Like, if the... It's I, the morning announcements. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you that if we just had this, like...
0: Community theater!
1: Like, if this was from Liberty's perspective, like, you could have seen her father talking about, like, all her prospects for, like college and whatnot and all the th- great things she's going to do. Like, her, her parents. And, and then, like, you know, um, like, and her, like, you know, showing JT being more immature, like, and then, like, she's just like, yeah, and I'm like, she's like, what do you plan to do? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna be an entertainer. I probably won't make money for, like, the first five years of my career. But, who yeah, who knows?
0: Yeah, like, that would be good.
1: Yeah, so... And just her thinking, like, you know what been a great fucking scene of her, like, looking up all the costs it would have to have a child? Right. And then, re- like, let's like, just look, like, because that's a huge fucking number. Oh,
0: it's, it's astronomical.
1: Yeah. Um, and just being, and then him being like, I don't know how I'm going to make money. Like, and just like, who cares? Like, I still got time. And then her right. being like, no, we don't.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Um, like, like, these are just like, kind of the missing pieces that just happen when it's from JT's point of view.
1: Yeah. Like, there's a whole, um, whole episode of Parks and Rec where they're like, yeah, we're having a baby. and The thing's going to be fine. And it's like, we're having triplets. And he's just like, all the numbers just, like, increase threefold. I don't know what to do. Right. Um. So, uh, we cut to outside Toby's house. Oh, um, well, no.
0: Even We didn't even add the other part where he tells her to stop being controlling. <sighs> And then she says she will take care of all the important stuff. And he will just kind of watch. Yeah. Then we go to Toby playing with a RC car.
1: Which I think is to illustrate, like, JT has a car. Toby's still playing with toys, right? Toy.
0: Right, right. Symbolism.
1: And and JT's like, hey, I haven't seen your mom or parents around in, like, years. He's like, I don't know if I have any of those anymore. Uh. <laughs> But JT lays on the line Of Toby, uh, Toby's pregnant Liberty's <laughs> <He's> pregnant <laughs> And Toby's just like Oh, fuck But then JT's like, there's a bigger problem And he's like, like And, like, Toby is incredible like, How is there a bigger problem than Liberty's pregnant
0: Right, right, <laughs> like, Toby's like Yo,
1: what? <laughs> he's like, did you kill someone? Right, like, okay
0: <laughs> Like,
1: <laughs> Um, And this is like the most white Straight white man thing I've ever seen Cause he's just like Liberty hates me now I'm like Motherfucker she has other things to think about Like other than your feelings Um And Toby <laughs> <laughs> gives the best resp- Best fucking advice Talk to her Tell her to quit it And JT's like doesn't work I don't know what to do nothing works
0: Kids having kids baby um, it's a mess. It's it's actually kind of... It, once again, I can't tell how insightful it's trying to be. But it is kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. In the sense of, like, you know, he is being pretty supportive. But ultimately, he's still a kid. And he is entirely misreading this situation and the gravity of the situation and all that type of stuff. He,
1: yeah, he's, like, a kid that's just so fucking lost. Like if only he had a big, goofy, a bald man to talk to about these things, Um, Hmm. whose, you know, wife went through the exact same thing. Hmm. If only. If only. If only. If only. And then, then, but then Emma just slides in, she's just like, so I hear you're having a kid, do you want some practice? Because I need a night off.
0: Right, like, (laughs) hey, are you ready for, like, no, no, Jack's not an infant anymore, but... (laughs)
1: You want to see what they're like when they're at one <laughs> 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 or two? I don't know how old my brother is.
0: I don't know. Small.
1: <laughs> Look, Manny and, Manny and I got tickets to a thing.
0: <laughs> like, we got to go for the night. So, thank you.
1: <laughs> Kid Elric is playing some bullshit show, so we want to go see that. <laughs> anyway.
0: So, we end up at the office again. GT approaches Liberty. And she is very much like you know no this like this is my experience I don't have time for your jokes and JT's like all right well we're breaking up
1: yeah and And then she's just just like you're fucking leaving me now
0: right (laughs) and I mean. Once again, if we saw this from Liberty's perspective, I think it would be a little easier to understand the contradictions. Because I think the fact that Liberty is feeling very contradictory right now is not a bad choice. But it's hard because you have it from the point of view of a teenage boy who does not understand emotions and who has no emotional capacity most of the time. And he then is seen as the hero because he wants to support her, but he doesn't want to be in a relationship with her. As opposed to seeing it from her perspective and kind of understanding, like, why this push and pull is really happening for her right yeah. now. Um, uh, she's not given a chance. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, 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 I do, like, as we took talking. I do think we're expecting more emotional maturity from these children than...
0: Well, it's not so much that so much as just the, the luxury of perspective. Yeah. I'm not saying that Liberty has to act differently. I'm saying that as a viewer, it the gravity of it w- is different when we see what she her interior more. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that that she like she comes off almost like an antagonist at times in this episode and she shouldn't. Yeah. It's it's not fair to her.
1: Yeah. So let's just close this out.
0: Yep, so we end up in the hallway again. JT reveals that he got a job at the drugstore to cover costs. Um, and he also says, like, you'll get a discount on diapers. So so he has that going on, which is good. Um, and he makes it clear that they're not together. Um, and this is, in you know, it's you see him taking responsibility. He's ta- yeah. He takes accountability pretty consistently where you have Spinner who takes none.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's the central theme of the episode. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Took us an hour and a half to get there, but right.
0: But well, we got there.
1: Yeah, um, I do like how he just asserts, "I'm not going to ban you, and I'm not going to ban the baby."
0: Yeah, and I do appreciate that. I think that there are issues. Well, I mean, let's also address the fact that I feel like we didn't it didn't quite come up naturally in discussion, but there is the big bummer, or the bit, just like the big fr- point of frustration with this whole entire thing, which is that you have liberty. A black girl having to go through the unplanned pregnancy plot. You've already had Manny go through an unplanned pregnancy plot. And it's just very frustrating when your girls... You know, you have characters of color going through this.
1: Yeah.
0: And I mean, teenage sexuality has been incredibly cruel to every Degrassi girl. Yeah. But... It is a bummer that these two plots are are falling to your characters of color.
1: And it, yeah, because it just falls into a stereotype. Right. Like, I, I was reading an article about, like, this um, this woman saying, I took my brother to, like, I went to pick up my brother of woman uh, of colors. Like, I took my brother, to, went to go pick up my brother from school. And they're like, oh, is that your son? I'm like, no i'm 17 right like that's my brother like
0: right and that's like a big discussion point right of black girls and the perception of maturity and black girls not being allowed to be kids in the eyes of a lot of white adults yeah and having a character like liberty who honestly was very quiet for a while like We didn't see her doing much of anything.
1: I I think we said at some point, she's the most kid out of all of them.
0: Yeah, she is the most kid out of all of them. Like,
1: when she put on the fucking cape, like, I mentioned before, when she put on the cape, like, that's what a kid would do, and they're like, I need respect, I'm gonna put on a cape.
0: Or, like, even the fact that this whole entire time, she has this position of, like, you know, she's the class president, and she takes it so seriously. And that is her love. And that's her passion. Like, she is one of the most realistically written kids when she's able to actually be on screen. Yeah. Like, she cares so deeply about these things. And you truly believe that to Liberty, her whole entire world is what is happening at school. It is what is happening with her friends. It's what's happening in her future. And to see her have to be the one who has to have a plot like this and you know, I have to go through this. It's not to say that Degrassi can't have another unplanned pregnancy plot. It's not to say that they can't have a character carry a child to term or anything like that. That's not saying that we can't have these types of stories, but it is something that you that I feel that the writers, and I think this goes for anyone if you're writing any long-form writing like this, take a step back and say who has gone through this? Or who, like, you know, who has gone through this? Are we creating ten- trends? Are we instigating any stereotypes doing this?
1: And, like, I forget what video I was watching, but somebody's like, you have to think about this more than not at all.
0: Right. You have to, the amount of thought that actually goes into writing a diverse cast, especially if you are not marginalized, or you're not marginalized in certain ways, is that, you, you have to be basically spend like a good long time going, I want to make this decision. Is this an okay decision?
1: You have to second and third guess yourself. Yes.
0: You have to second and third guess yourself. And that's not even like talking to other people. You have to do that before you talk to other people. You have to have a good long conversation with yourself. Um, and that's the frustrating. I think that's the part that is even more frustrating is, is, uh, reflecting on this because as a kid, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. I wasn't fucking thinking about that at all. But now I am, and now I'm like, well, fuck. Because it's like, at the time, I remember this plot being heavily, being like really, like, hyped up. And a lot of critics saying, like, oh, like, how 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 cool that Degrassi's going there, and blah 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 And now...
1: I'm just thinking, as me, a scholar, we've went there before.
0: <laughs> right, but like, me, now that I'm older, I'm like, is this actually that like you know, what what were kind of the lingering effects of this, yeah? Whether intentionally or not, yeah. So that's my take. Rating for the episode:
1: B, B plus. Um, it it's a very good episode, but I do I am knocking it for the stereotype we just talked about. Um,
0: I feel like it's crafted very well on a technical level. Yes, I, I never felt like we spent too long on either plot.
1: Yeah. The, the, it was very balanced. This movie, this, mo- the, this movie, this episode just moves along.
0: Yes. Like, it, it's heavy stuff, but it moves.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, B+. Nice. Um, ratings are JT clutches it out at the end to bump up a point for being there for his you know, soon-to-be child. Mm-hmm. Um, Liberty, for doing her damnedest, can bump up five or six points. Um Spinner gets to remain where he is. I'll help go up a point. Um Darcy, you know what? She's trying to help. She is. Like I can like She's
0: trying to help in the way that she knows how.
1: Yeah, so she gets to bump up a step or two. Mm-hmm. Simpson, you're bumping up a bunch of points because i lo- I'm just loving the new corny ass dad you are. Mm-hmm. Uh Paige is just, you know. <laughs> So high up, but going up even higher because of just being shitty to JT when he's being shitty. Um, Toby... I'm gonna give him two or three points because, like, if he's, you know, like, was truly trying to call out JT on his shitty behavior, thanks you for somebody finally doing that. Um... M.M. Manny. Nice to see you girls just hanging out. Just being, being lady bros. So you can bump up two points. Uh, the Sinclair, congratulations on winning the morning announcements. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it.
0: Nice. So let's move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are related, tangentially related, etc., etc. Um, I have not read this book yet, but it seems potentially relevant. It's called Belly Up by Ava Darrows. Um, And this is about, um, a girl who is, um, so this is a, about, you know, kind of similar situation in which a, uh, you know, someone gets, someone gets pregnant, they are young, they have, like, a whole crew of friends that are a part of the whole entire story, um, and have a role in it, and it's pretty good on the diversity front um and it's very character driven which kind of speaks to what i feel like this episode kind of put us at a loss because we didn't really get very much for liberty so this one might be a decent alternative once again i have not read it myself um however it does look like there is quite a few um different types of identity at play um there are some characters that are ace there are characters of color there are characters that are jewish etc etc so um it seems like it seems like it could be a good alternative to potentially check it out um i myself still have to but i found out it's on google books if you want to look at it preview it before you take it out from the library or something or find it there's some legal measures Anyway, that's what I'm going to recommend.
1: <coughs> For the case of Unexpected Papas, I'm going to recommend The Mandalorian. Okay! <laughs> um, just because that's just a good show and I love Star Wars.
0: Nice! Don't
1: love Star Wars fans, but I love Star Wars. Right. Um, so, yeah. I think that's about wraps it up.
0: Yeah. So, Frank, you've made it through.
1: Yay! Yay!
0: Um, if you want to continue the conversation with us, There's a couple ways you can do that. Um, And if you want to, you can... Check us out on Twitter at I Hope Pod. You can join us on our Facebook group. I hope I can make it through podcasts. Feel free to send us any questions, comments. If you want to send any formal questions or comments or potential appearances on the episodes, feel free to email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. We're kind of going fast and loose with our recording schedule this time around, so if there's any episodes that speak out to you, feel free to reach out. We are just kind of just trying to survive, um, which has been a very much a week-to-week thing uh, um, between illnesses and just stuff happening. Um, So if you would like to get in on the conversation, don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you want to support the show, there are a couple ways you can always do that. You can always um, donate to our coffee. Any money that we make does get donated to our um, tech upgrades as well as compensating guests. We also have our review challenge where once we hit certain milestones of reviews, we will give you gifts in the form of bonus content, bonus episodes, bonus fanfics. Um, feel free to check it out. Um, I signed on to write Jane Spinner fanfic at some point, so um, if you want to see my attempt at writing fic um, and you haven't read my other fics, Feel free to keep on that endeavor. And thank you everybody who has taken the time to send reviews and ratings so far. If you want to talk to me individually, you can check me out on Twitter at DMIsUnbreakable. Um, I sometimes talk about Degrassi. What?
1: I thought the already change changes in whatever...
0: <laughs> oh, yes. My, my current bio is I, I am the a winner of Little Mr. Handsome, ages 4 to 6. Um, uh, my my, my, my handle is still DMIsUnbreakable. Um... It is still Fire Emblem Central, as we all know. Um, It's worth promoting. (laughs) Haha! I got involved in moderating a zine dedicated to Dimidu. So if you ship Dimitri and Didu, feel free to check out the interest check for it. We are trying to see if people are interested in drawing for it, writing for it, and or buying it. Um, It's for charity. We're raising money for Nami. Um so we wanted to give back to a mental illness centric organization because um, you know, it's Dimitri and Dew. Um so if you would like to uh get involved in it or express any interest in it, I'll be having information on my Twitter account about it.
1: Um I have a Twitter I occasionally tweet to called uh at Dance Fall. Um, another podcast called Teen Girl Talk. This week, our soup du jour was Mean Girls, which Susie and I were kind of okay about. Um, a lot of stuff in that that doesn't hold up, and we also kind of saw some stuff that was better done in Assassination Nation. Um, I also have a YouTube and a Wattpad, which you can check out in the description. Uh, yeah, that's about it
0: awesome um so thank you everybody for listening we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us see you next week later bye